So, hey, Roger. Watch the trailer. We should have put the trailer of the above the law. We should have. Uh, yeah. uh, Roger, are you ready to, to start recording? Yes, I, yes. I am ready. Yes. Yes, because we are recording sure. now. And this is oh, Beaver awesome. Does Movies. Welcome. Hey, we're back. Hey. We are back. We are back. This is back. the third week of Steven Seagal. <laughs> and here we are in the trenches. And here's the thing. Me and Roger have recorded more stuff before this. But, but in, <laughs> in kind of a memento attitude, we decided to s- switch it around in the hopes that, you know, we can get that Christopher Nolan money. Yes. So far, do. I've got nothing. There's been no phone calls. <laughs> Hopefully things work out. Better. Hopefully. And that and those golden tones you hear right now is indigenous filmmaker extraordinaire, Roger yes. Boyer. How you doing? Thank you for having me one more time. Well, <laughs> and another thank you for having me on the podcast as a guest one more time. It just that just sounded like no, no, it's, you sounded annoyed. Thanks for having me on having again. Me again. Uh, I mean, thank you for having me as a hey. guest one more time. Oh, like I'm, I'm happy to be here, James. Thank you. Thank you very much. You can too sarcastic <laughs> for your own good. <laughs> I'm just, I don't, I don't, it's like, are you being sarcastic? I don't even know anymore. I'm just bugging. But no, it's great to be here for real. Thank you. Thank you for Roger has one I, tone and it's I, slightly it, annoyed. Yeah, it's slightly annoyed. The whole, the whole episode, the yeah. sarcastic, I'll bring up the sarcastic. There we go. Did you there like this go. movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steven Seagal. <laughs> oh, him. Steven Seagal thinks he's so good. Yeah, like, so well, he's a sixth degree black belt. So yeah, no, in a key. But we'll get into that because I actually want to talk to you, um, is, like your rela- your so relation, your your relation to Steven Seagal. But before that, <laughs> Roger, what have you been doing? Have you watched any movies or TV shows lately? I've watched a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah, <laughs> the bane of the TV and movie watcher. There you go. I I remember. I don't know if I told you this one story, but I remember one day I'm watching Simpsons and and Homer's sitting there on his couch watching tv and on the tv that he's watching is a guy sitting there watching tv <laughs> and i'm sitting there at two in the morning watching simpsons going what am i doing is this my life now <laughs> like i'm watching homer watching someone watching on, on tv and it turned out it was it was the monorail episode oh i love that episode <laughs> and i was just thinking like I, and I I messaged one of my friends. I was like, I, I was just sitting here watching Homer Simpson watching someone on TV who was also watching TV. I said, I don't know. At two in the morning, you can't do any. Yeah. I, I, I didn't say ironic, but there I am sitting on my couch. But, but yes, there's YouTube a bit video. of irony to it. At, at there the is. Least. There there was, and I just was thinking that I was like, eh. but I haven't watched The Simpsons for a while. But I I've been watching um Matt Groening's new film and Disenchantment. So I that's kind of what I what I've been watching when I fall asleep. So, you know, what about you? Uh, for me, uh, funny enough, you mentioned Simpsons, and I kind of reeducated myself on something. Did you know Krusty the Clown was originally intended to be Homer? I might have heard that rumor years ago, but please inform, please enlighten me. No, I did not. Please enlighten me. <laughs> So uh, what it turns out is that because at the start of the show, they don't really explain how Homer makes enough money to have three kids and a big house and two cars. And then it turns out that he was actually Krusty the Clown the entire time. And that's what paying for everything. Oh, that makes a lot that makes a lot more sense. But it was also the 80s, so you can get by on a minimum wage. True. Apparently. <laughs> uh, but then it they kind of did actually end up doing that with uh, Homer going to clown college. 
No, that was hilarious. But it's also like, I remember those episodes where like Bart is like, do you even have a job anymore? And he's like, well, it's very apparent that I don't. <laughs> he's like he has those and then next the next episode he's back at the nuclear plant <laughs> yeah my favorite one oh. is when he quits and he uses mr burns's head as a bongo <laughs> i always use that when i'm telling someone oh if i quit my job this is what i'll be doing to my boss <laughs> i never do it like obviously i would never do so that what you're saying in, is if you real, in real life if you ever become successful enough you just got to come around my place and use my head as a bongo to say you're not co- <laughs> coming on the podcast anymore i'll be like that <laughs> just playing playing all my podcast friends heads like bongo <laughs> <laughs> yes I'll be like, I'm out of Winnipeg. I'm leaving Winnipeg. Everyone, see you later. It's just a live we, stream of Roger playing the bongos on a bunch of people's uh, heads, like Stefan, me, Sam. <laughs> and I get to, uh, I'll get to the the airport and just throw you guys out. <laughs> and if you do that, if your first movie is a bomb, I'm gonna be at the airport waiting for you to come back so that on the ride home, I'll play your head like a bongo. <laughs> you guys are like, you're back, hey? Hey, uh-huh. well, guess what? It's bongo time, Roger. <laughs> bongo boy, that's what we're calling you now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. So, so here we go. I The movie I watched is yeah. a movie I've actually kind of do you know when you have those movies that you know of and you want to see, but for it never comes to mind initially, and you always see the poster, you always want to check it out. You've you've checked it out on website and stuff like that. Never had the mm-hmm. chance to watch it. Mm-hmm. I had the chance to finally watch via Shudder Tetsuo the Iron Man. Yes, and I've seen the posters and the DVD covers of that film. But I had never seen the film. So this movie is practically insane. Really, really, there's actually a funny post I put on Instagram of the scene where the guy's got a drill for a dick. And I, and I put that. You can't make this stuff up. I put that on Instagram and I put above the guy's head. I showed you my drill. Please respond. <laughs> you were banned immediately. So and that's why I got banned from Instagram, folks. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's why you won't find it on Instagram. <laughs> all I sent, all I sent was a drill pic. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, why is everyone? What's going on? Why? What I do? And people are like, you're out. They're like, you're out of here, buddy. <laughs> I'm physically getting thrown out of Instagram, and I'm just being dragged. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> They're like. Get that guy out of here. Fuck out of here. There's worse things on Twitter, but they're like, a drill? No. Nope. Get that guy out of here. Yeah. So this movie was 67 minutes long. Mm -hmm. So it's very short. Yes. Barely any dialogue, I've noticed. Wow. Really? It was all in subtitle, but there was not much dialogue. But the Mm. effects, them being low budget, were a lot of fun. And it has pretty much a very insane ending. And should, we, should you tell? Should you reveal it, or we'll just kind of keep it? Uh, fuck it, I'll, I'll reveal it. Just uh, Spoilers, spoiler, alert, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you want to see this. a movie that came out in 1989, you don't want to be spoiled now. Wait, 89? It came out. 1989. Yeah, I thought it was at least at least the early 2000s. I thought that film. That's came, where the second out. one came out. Oh, oh okay, no, so or the third it. one. I, I I can't remember, but yes. uh, it ends up with the metal fetishist. And the salaryman, mm-hmm. who is the Iron Man, combining mm-hmm. into one giant tank form that looks like a dick. 
Oh, oh man. Like the it was like a the two into a single tank like monstrosity charged through the, the streets promising to burn the world and return it to nothing more than a rusted ball in space. Mm-hmm. And so but the director, uh Shinya uh Tuskamoto, mm-hmm. I've not seen any of them, but he's very, very influential. I actually want to check more of his work out, but he's also known for appearing in a bunch of works of famous directors as as an actor. He's appeared yeah. in Martin Scorsese, Takeshi Miike, Hideki mm-hmm. Anno, Quentin Tarantino, David Fincher, Darren Aronofsky, and the Wachowskis. Okay. As, a, as an actor, just because I think they love his work so much, they just go, <clears throat> come along. I just want to talk to you about your crazy-ass movies with giant metal dicks. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> my my intention now, and maybe yes. um, maybe when I have you on again, we could talk about the, the second one, which is came out in nineteen ninety two. So James, so uh, so you were James? You you mean I'll be on tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tune in, folks, <laughs> next week as Roger comes in for more for more bullshit. <laughs> we're, we're gonna repeat. We're gonna be reviewing that film probably, <laughs> and then there's also. He brought out a movie, I think it was 2010. Mm-hmm. Let me take a look. Tetsuo the Bullet Man. And then he's constantly doing stuff up to 2018. Okay. So he's a very busy man. Is he? Is the director still making films? Acting in a movie right now. And his last movie was 2018. And he did okay. a television drama in 2019. So. Okay. Keep- so this is like he, wait. Sorry, it's the actor or director? Actor and director. Yeah. Okay. And he's still making he's still making films now. Yeah. And he's okay. very he's very interesting. A lot of his st- stuff is very artistic. Uh, yep. Kind of like David Lynch on Crack in a way. Yeah. So, but definitely check it out. Uh, his stuff is really interesting. I definitely want to mm-hmm. know more about him. I, I definitely want to see more of his work because he's yep. already kind of grabbed me. And okay. I, I definitely want to check out more stuff of this liking as well. There's from one, the from the eighties, yeah. I mean the nineties, late eighties, early nineties. There's 90s. one see, called uh, Voltage. I think it's like Voltage Dragon two thousand volts or something like that, or eighty thousand uh, volts. Let me. I'm just trying to get it up here. So let me see the. How do you spell the actual Tetsuo? I can't even see it. How do you say the title again? Oh, uh, Tetsuo. Oh, sorry. Tetsuo. Electric Dragon eighty thousand volts. It's not really by the same guy. Okay. But it's kind of in the same style as in hyper stylized black and white movies. Okay, that was around the time. Okay, and where did like okay for I guess I should ask you where do you find these movies? So, because I, I thought I was a, an obscure movie lover, but you find the obscure of the obscure. So back in two thousands, there was a yes. really big initiative to release Asian movies. Mm-hmm. So you got like. And it was based off the back of the ring and movies like that. Yes. And so more and more movies came out and definitely Tetsuo, the, uh, the Iron Man was one of them yep. that kind of got pushed through. So <clears throat> when I started watching more and more of those movies, I started going onto the internet and finding fan sites, which yes. let me introduce me to all this. It's <clears throat> where I learned about Old Boy and Suicide Club and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Old Boy. Yeah. I saw well, those ones. I've heard more have about. you seen Suicide Club? Suicide Club, I uh, 
I, I remember the movie title. I don't know if I've seen it or if I don't know if it was like on my list. Um, the open. I'll just say no because if I remembered it, I just want to like describe the opening because that might. Well, I, if, tell me if this is if it's, this is the film, and I, maybe I've seen bits and pieces, but I don't re- recall watching the entire thing. Yeah. This was. Is it about all these girls who, well, they they make packs and they commit suicide? Yes. Is that the one? It's it's okay. about like this weird virus that is making. Uh, okay. Like teenagers and, and everything commit suicide. Okay. And no, then then I've seen bits and pieces. I haven't seen the whole thing. It's a weird movie. It's definitely a weird movie. And funny enough, mm-hmm. he's actually making his first uh, movie in America coming up. Okay. Uh, with Nicolas Cage. Ah. Uh, you remember that movie where it's kind of like Nicolas Cage. <clears throat> Dealing with animatronics. Um, with, he's made uh, a lot of lately. With, I'm trying uh, to remember. Willie, oh, so uh, Willie's Wonderland. Actually, okay, okay. That might, oh, I might be misinformed. Mm, but uh, we'll have to. Uh, yeah, let's let, let's look up Nick Cage right now. What he's working on? Yeah, let's see. I, gotta, I think I'm it might be another project. It's just for people listening. We're totally not looking up. Yeah, anything on the computer right? we're think we're, we're very we're trying to think really you know we're trying to concentrate really hard here yeah. so we're trying to <laughs> trying to think like what I'm like, don't, oh, don't worry I'll, I'll probably edit this to, to speed stuff up but apparently see on sono one second mm-hmm. see on sono but it's, but it's okay if you wanted to like just leave it up i think people like to hear the behind the scenes yeah um, so what I see in Nick Cage's upcoming Willy's Wonderland. Oh, uh, Prisoners of Ghostland. Pig? Oh, okay. Prisoners of, okay, I'm looking. Okay. So there's a movie called Pig, The Unbearable Weight of, of Massive Talent. Yeah. Willy's Wonderland. And then Prisoners of Ghostland. Let's yeah. So. Apparently, it's, Jiu-Jitsu apparently it's already Primal. out. So I might check okay. that out. Hey, I saw Primal. Yeah. Yeah. You know what um, the massive unbearable weight of massive talent is? No. That's Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage <clears throat> alongside Nicolas Cage. Really? Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> it's about him trying to get this big director to cast him in a new movie. Okay. And then he's haunted <laughs> by the by his own ego and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, re- okay, let me, I'm reading this thing here. Uh, a cash-strapped Nicolas Cage agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party, but is really an informant for the CIA since the billionaire fan is a drug kingpin and gets cast in a Tarantino movie. Yeah. You know, that, that sounds amazing. You know what I mean? It, it worked for JCVD, and I think Nicolas Cage is a better actor. He's... <clears throat> I. It, here's the thing. Well, you could say that he hasn't done a good movie in a while, but you're a yeah. liar. Well, it, also, Nick Cage won an Academy Award. I yeah. mean, he's, he's very versatile. Nick, Nick versatile. Cage is more known for his acting than anything. But yes. with Nick Cage, he's also done good movies recently with Mandy and yep. The Color Out of Space. Yeah, those two are really good. And I also saw Primal. Actually, it's kind of funny because I saw probably those three in a, in a, in a span of a few months. Nicholas um, Cage month for yourself? Uh, like all of them. Yeah, Primal, Color of Space, and uh, Mandy. I, I got to see. I think I saw them all. That, that Mandy, um, The Mandy scene where, is, spoiler alert, his girlfriend dies. And he, yeah. and he has that meltdown. Yeah, only Nicolas Cage could do that. 
Oh man! Well, even the 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 picture that they always use is the one is the one at the end when he's smiling and he's smiling at something. You don't know what he's smiling yeah. at in the picture, but when you see the movie, he's it's like he's this crazy smile at his girlfriend. He's he met. Spoiler alert! Imagines in in the car with him. Yeah, and it's so it's so well done. Is so so good, and funny <laughs> enough, the villain in Colorado Space, yeah, is actually from Coronation Street. Really? Yeah, he appeared in Coronation Street in the early years, mm-hmm. and his dad is a major character in that show. Okay. Known as uh, Ken Barlow, for anyone that knows that show. And apparently Nicolas Cage was originally meant to be the villain, and then mm-hmm. he turned around and went, I think I should be the main character. Okay. And it worked. It worked so well. Wait, wait, the color of space or the Mandy? Mandy. Yes, okay. Yeah. Was... <laughs> Getting confused. I, I, I mixed myself up there. For, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's all good. Anyway, so... Now, all right, here we go. Now we get Steven Seagal month, as is tradition with every guest. And luckily, I'm on top of it this time. Roger (laughs) Boyer, what is your relationship with Steven Seagal? Oh, my relationship with Steven Seagal is uh, he's my uncle. (laughs) Totally kidding. For those, I'm totally joking. He's not my uncle, no relation to Steven Seagal. uh, I totally forgot if I was supposed to say something else. <laughs> You're busy um, saying the jokes to actually say anything of worth. <laughs> yes, I know, right? Um, I, okay, so there's two things for one. For one, I grew up with this guys. Back in the day, they had this huge action explosion. Obviously, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Kurt Russell with uh, Tango and Cash, um, Above the Law, Blood... Uh, a blood fight. Blood, well, there's a film called Blood Fight. Blood Probably Sport. Is. Blood Sport. Yeah, there is a film called Blood Fight. Um, like late a lot 80s, of those films, King early of, 90s, King right? Boxers. I mean, you saw that Rapid Fire came out. Like, there was a lot of these great films. Like, definitely heavily influenced by Hong Kong action films. Mm. But um, I, I think Steven Seagal's first three films before, I guess, before his... And this is what no, I guess this is what we hear about the industry. I guess he, he grew a big ego and he became a bit difficult to work with. I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not here to do a bio. But the other thing was um, that on a podcast with Scott Atkins uh, that I was listening to. Oh, I don't know if I revealed this to you or I told someone else. But in, the, in that podcast, Steven Seagal talks about his father being, um, and I, I hope I get this right. I think he's, I think he said Russian. But then he said his mom is like uh, Native American. And I was like, really? That was interesting. I, like, that's something. That's what he said. So I don't, I don't know who his parents were. Um, but I just thought that was really, that was interesting if that, you know, if that, if that was, well, I don't want to say if, if it was true. But obviously that, um, um, like, if that was his, his background, I just like, wow, I never knew he had that. Yeah. I never knew he was indigenous because he went to. Yeah, he basically in his early late teens, early twenties, grew up in Japan, I guess, because he's uh he's a master of Aikido. Yeah. So which yeah. is actually tied into the start of this movie. Because yes. a lot of the start of the movie is kind of autobiographical and then it kind of delves into fiction. Yeah, because it, it and for you, um Above the law was known as something different than that. And I saw the, I guess the original title. I don't know if they, if I just saw the title, if they just kept the original title on there, but I saw that the title, it was called Nico. Yes. So it was known for you in England, right? Yeah. That, it, it was known as, as Nico and it was known here as above the law. Yes, definitely. And uh, back in England, we, ne- we didn't get this. <clears throat> 
uh, version. We had like a pretty much cut down version. Video versions were cut down by 15 seconds by the BBFC to edit shots of a man's nose being punched from a bar fight, drug use, and an arm break during the final fight scene. We never saw that. Oh, the thing that pretty much made, and let's be honest, uh, we're going straight to the end right now. <laughs> this movie, mm-hmm. the reason why Steven Seagal got famous because he did something not much you would see in these movies. A guy's arm being brutally snapped. Mm-hmm. It was very, um, very graphic for its time. Yes, definitely. So uh, let's go from the ending back to the beginning. Let's talk brass tacks. Let's talk about the the whole crew. Let's talk about that. So this was directed by Andrew Davis. Uh, have you heard of that director before? Yes, Andrew Davis. I mean, if you've heard about The Fugitive, you've heard about Andrew Davis. Yes, The Fugitive. Yes. He also did it Under Siege. <clears throat> Yep. He also did Holes, mm-hmm. Chain Reaction. So he's yes. pretty much known as a decent uh, action director. And, and I think, um, yeah, The Fugitive is probably his biggest uh, his biggest film on there. But but well, well, would you, would you consider but. Under Siege, maybe? Or would Under Siege was great? I mean, but it was you can tell it was heavily influenced by Die Hard. Yes, um, totally influenced by Die Hard. It had Tommy Lee Jones in there. Yeah. Um, I think The Fugitive is more or less the his biggest film, the most well-known film. When he said The Fugitive, everyone knows that. Obviously, it's, it was a huge film. Uh, he did direct Chuck Norris prior to Above the Law in um, Code of Silence, I believe that. Yeah. Code of Silence. So, and so this movie cost seven point five million to make, <clears throat> and came at eighteen point seven million. <clears throat> That's pretty good. That was the box office. Uh, this, ROI. So this it put mo- it put this guy on the map. It, it puts the gull on the map, definitely. Pretty much, pretty much. This movie started off as a left leftover script for a mm-hmm. bunch of action guys, mainly Clint Eastwood. Yes, uh, it was just under a pile, and then what happened was Steven Seagal stepped into a like a movie studio mm-hmm. and says, "I want I want a screen test." Mm-hmm. Just see it because they heard about this Aikido guy and everything like that. And apparently, yeah. he brought all of his um, students, yeah. and he basically beat the fuck out of them. <laughs> Is that the nasty opening scene? <laughs> and, <laughs> could be. So, so what happened was, yes, he, he uh, beat them so badly and everything like that, but mm-hmm. it was made to look vicious. Like the guys were yeah. okay. But knowing Steven Seagal and how bad he is with stuntmen, he probably laid it in that he, yeah. he scared the producers. Really? Yes, that is from what I've been hearing. So from okay. from there, they I didn't know that they offered him a deal. So he then definitely definitely sounds like the beginning of this film. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> so Steven Seagal chose the film from a pile of scripts, Warner Brothers. So he scared mm-hmm. the Warner Brothers apparently, like straight yeah. straight up. I'd be saying for Clint Eastwood, it was written to focus on Seagal's actual backstory. Many of his stories have never been confirmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot of this might be like based on, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember when I went to Vietnam. Did you? Yeah. 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 I thought you said you were Italian 10 minutes ago. 
well, there's people like back in the day, there was these uh, people who would say like, oh, I, went, I was in the army and I was the CSA, but I can't, you know, I can't confirm or deny that, you know, so I think maybe that's what they're referring to when they were talking about um, all these people back in the day, not at, so, you know, Stephen Seagal may or may not, we don't know. So that's, but that, when I think of when I hear that story, that type of story, then you heard about there, there was an issue, I guess. There were people always saying they're in the army and they say they, they're in CIA, but well, I think I'm pretty sure CIA because and they can't confirm or deny it. And anyways, go on. Sorry, so, I'm uh, aggressive. Oh no art. problem, man. You just keep doing what you got to do, right? So <laughs> James looked like he was about to fall asleep there. I I, I always look like I'm about to fall asleep. It's past my <laughs> bedtime. But and like the interesting thing here was uh, Andrew Davis was actually fired from the running man, and he pretty much stepped into this immediately after. So okay, that ooh, that's some good news, interesting news. Yeah, some good interesting Hollywood news. Yes, yes, very much so. And then after this film opened, Akito mm-hmm. experienced a boom worldwide. Yeah. So he pretty much went from a struggling dojo to like selling out completely. Yes. So this movie really like helped <clears throat> build him up. Uh, this is Steven Seagal's film debut. He also co-wrote and co-produced, as you could tell. So let's let's yep. let's get into this. So the movie starts uh, with mm. actual pictures of Steven Seagal as a kid. Yeah, and then we uh, we see him pretty much just pound on some students in Japan. Yeah, that opening scene. It was just like he gives a background to that, right? It, it actually sounds like he's talking about himself. Yeah, like, it, talking Steven Seagal, the person, not the Nico, um, the actor. Yeah, as, the, the character. Sorry, I, I don't know why they brought it in that because later on they go straight to him. Join it, join in Vietnam, yeah, including a uh, a small cameo by Richard Nixon as himself, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, from there, we get to the backstory of the main, main story where they're torturing uh Viet Cong because they want yeah. poppies for opium, yes. So, we've got a whole drug, drug deal going on. So, I want to, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you this. What is the yes. plot to this movie? Uh, <laughs> you know, back in those days, I think a lot of the, it was about cops taking down drug dealers and getting backstabbed by the people they work with, or the CIA or yeah. FBI. That, that, does that pretty much sum up this film? <laughs> so what I'm looking at now, it says, a former special operations Vietnam vet works as a Chicago cop and uncovers yeah. CIA wrongdoing. So apparently the CIA are intending to kill a senator. Yeah. And for some, I don't know why they keep bringing this up because it has no pairing at all, but he's Italian. Apparently he grew up in Sicily. Yeah. And apparently he has ties to the mafia too. Okay. And it's never brought up in a story fashion at all. Mm -hmm. It's just put there so that they don't trust him. But there's no offense, because even then, they still believe him and change their mind constantly, even when he's not listening and killing people on the street. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, we're just going to go help you. Do, 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 do. You know what I mean? It's just, it was so weird that they would just constantly keep having him be in this fuckhead. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no repercussions or anything, even though he technically has ties to the mafia as well. Because of his family. Well, you know, being a cop, I just, I just, 
obviously it's very exaggerated and we, we shouldn't talk about this like it's a weird thing this is all serious because, I, I am talking about this as a serious because he's very um over the top with a lot of his action oh, like the, the arm breaks uh the uh chopping a guy's hand off with a sword the, clo- the clotheslines that well the chopping the guys off in the you know when they get out of the car and i was like oh my goodness let's talk let's talk about when he goes into the bar yes so he starts off just talking to the bar barman who i thought was a one-time character turns out yeah. he's a major villain in this movie yeah because he comes he's like he just, he just thinks he's one of those bar guys. And turns he's like, out, yeah, I don't, I don't know where he is. I don't know who, what, what are you talking about? Turns out he's there to the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then he's he's talking shit yeah. uh, to him saying, you know, because apparently he's looking for his niece who is mm-hmm. doing drugs with one of the gangsters. Yeah. And so uh, did you recognize a couple of people in this uh, bar? The one, the, the one guy I did recognize... Um, uh, and there's two people I'm trying I was trying to go back and figure out if I could see uh, the other gentleman but we, yeah. we, will, we will all will will be revealed in thir- 10 seconds yeah um, 10 9 I, I, 8 yeah. 7 yes. 6 5 4 3 2 1 it's Michael Rooker hey, Michael Rooker <laughs> Michael Rooker shows up in this scene yeah in the, in he has the, a, he has um, a, an actual line yeah, I mean, he has one line, then you don't see him. And it was like, oh, I recognize him right away. He's like, hey, Michael Rooker, I didn't even realize that. And then I, but there's, a, there's a couple of other people in there. So if, for people who don't know who Michael Rooker is, if you are a big, because um, if you are a big uh, Walk of the Dead, Walk of the Dead. Walk oh, of the Dead. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I can't, I'm getting my TV series mixed up. The Walking Dead, you'll know him from The Walking Dead. But if you're a big Marvel fan, you'll recognize him as uh, uh, Garden, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah. Yondu. Yes. I'm just trying to remember how do I pronounce his name? Yondu. Pretty right? much if you're a James Gunn fan, you gotta see yeah. Michael Rooker. And if you are a clerks fan, yes, you should Mike, Michael Rooker pops up in uh um the scenes from a mall. Oh my goodness, Morats. what's going on with me today? Yeah, small rats. What's going on with me today? It's, it's okay, man. It's why I'm here. I'm I'm here it's to 12 38. It's 12 30 a.m. I'm just kidding. I'm grabbing you. I'm I'm guiding you by grabbing the smaller your back and guiding you off the cliff. Do not worry, <laughs> sir. But he's also, like I said, he does a lot of James Gunn movies, like yeah. Sliver. And in Morats, if you want to see more of him, you see his bare ass. <laughs> yeah. So watch Morats, and uh, there, there you go. And then you another one, which is uh, really underrated, but should be checked out more: Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I think that was like one of his first films. Yeah. Or if it's not, if it's not his first film, it's the so one that kind of put him on the map for a strong performance. Yeah, I, it's interesting that he he appears in in this one, but then he appears in uh, Above the Law around the same time. Or I think he did Henry the Portrait of a Serial Killer prior to this film, and I don't know if it was released around the same time, but it, it was just interesting to see like he did a really good job in that film. Yeah, he did. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, like eighty six was uh, Henry. Yeah. And eighty eight was Above the Law. Yeah, so that's really interesting to kind of see that, right? But he's like, like con- he's constantly working. Yes, there's another actor who appears in here, but I could never see him. And John I, I C. Riley. Yes, there you go. And I couldn't actually. Where was he? Like, what scene? Like, he might have just been one of the extras, and then in the background, kind of like um, Michael Rooker, and then took off, right? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. 
<laughs> but because I could never, I was looking through and I was like, damn, I can't find them. Where was he? What scene? And I'm like, he, he might have been cut, but he might have been in the group shot. But yes, I, I did not see him unless he was the guy with the sunglasses. <laughs> probably or in the background. He, he probably looks yeah. totally different because remember, this is 88 and we kind yeah. of more know of in like 2000s and stuff like that. Yes. So the interesting thing, too, is this whole scene, mm-hmm. he pretty much just goes hog wild on everybody. Slams the guy's head in the in the bench, punches yep. everybody out, and then pretty much drags the bartender to, to go, hey, where is she? And yeah. he shows up. Apparently, Uncle Nico is one of those uncles that will punch first and ask questions later. Yes. Well, you know, they're insulting his niece, right? So yeah, pretty much. He's like, he's like, enough of this. And then, you know, they got the tough guys there who are like, uh, they're like, kick his ass, kick his ass. <laughs> and it's like, the guy pulls a gun on him, and then he just, Pretty much takes it away. He, re- he reacts. Everyone runs after that. Eh? It's, it's kind of funny. Well, the one guy pull out a gun and. So, let me ask yes. you this: Steven yes. Seagal, worst yes. runner in a movie ever. It's really uh, fucking weird. <laughs> it's just like you know, I know, I don't know. It's just so weird seeing him run. Maybe it's because I've done a couple of fat Seagal movies, and he mm-hmm. can't run at all. But seeing him run now is so odd. I I don't think it's because of that. I think it's because mm-hmm. of the way he runs. His arms are kind of weird when he runs. That's been a big issue. I always say issue, but a lot of people say that. I've never know. I'm gonna say I haven't really noticed it until anyone pointed it out. I guess I was yeah. just enthralled by his eye. And you know, being a uh, I don't like he's like. And what do I know about martial arts? I mean, the Aikido that is. I mean. Yeah. You know, he maybe he didn't need to run. They 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 jog, and Aikido was about the yeah. like a closer having a closer fight when something gets close to you, right? So, I'm like here I am, so sounding like I'm on oh. some kind of expert. No, no, <laughs> but, but like it's from what you can I, see, right? Yeah. So I don't. I like. I, I've never honestly. I've never paid much attention, but everyone says it. So you know, you do see it, and um, my opinion, I guess I. Oh, he looks looks like a fine looks like a fine jogger i guess like he, he jogs and runs and here's he's the thing runner. though he's not the worst yes but he's close the worst yeah. in my opinion is ezra miller who ezra miller you play you know who that is <laughs> oh my goodness really you know who that is is that the flash yeah so the guy <laughs> who plays the guy who can run has yeah. a terrible run that is hilarious. Because <laughs> I know it's just it's the arms. I th- I think when it comes to running, yeah. In my opinion, I'm not a fan of most of his roles, but I do enjoy him. The best run in the business is Tom Cruise. Oh well, because it's Tom Cruise. Every movie Tom Cruise is running somewhere. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Tom Cruise runs to the grocery store, runs back, and like that's how good of a runner he is. So so Tom Cruise for the Flash. Yeah, well, you know, Tom he should have been Barry Allen. Flashpoint, yeah. future, future Barry Allen, Flashpoint. Goddamn, <laughs> get your script, <laughs> throw it away. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go work on Tom Cruise as a Flash. Yes, I'm, I'm gonna like. <laughs> let's let's call. Up, I'm gonna get IMDb Pro and see if I can get a hold of Tom Cruise's agent and be like, I got the Flash too right here. Yeah. I want Tom Cruise's Barry Allen. No, no, you should be like this. Hey, Tom, Roger, I hear you like to run. <laughs> I, have i got the script for you have yeah. i got the story all you, all you do is run <laughs> listen here you wear a red costume and you run and there's no special effects it's all you he's gonna be like how did you get this number shut up 
<laughs> Shut up. <laughs> get in my movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's also talk about Pangria. Pangria absolutely loved being in this movie. You know, I, I remember watching it and it was like, I didn't, I, for the, I did not recognize Pam Greer before prior to that. Right. It was all like, I, until years later, I was like, Oh wait, that's, yeah. You know, that's Pam Greer. I was like, because there's another, there's another, there's another actress in there. And I totally forgot she was in here. You even know her as old Pam Greer or, you know, her as seventies Pam Greer. There's no like in between apart from yeah. this. Yeah. But she's great. And apparently she loved doing this because it allowed her to act a bit more. Yeah, I mean, she. Had, for those who don't, Pam Greer was really in a lot of black exploitation films back in the seventies, I believe. I yeah. think. I think. Please, some people correct me if I'm totally wrong on that history. But uh, she was one of the major stars. Uh, she was Coffee. I remember that. Um, Foxy remember Brown. That Foxy Brown. She was Foxy Brown. But she later on in, li- in, in life, later on in the, in, in, like she appeared in a Tarantino film. Jackie Brown. For those who don't know, there you go. She was Jackie Brown. So um, she, I, I feel like someone like Pam Greer is a really great actress. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and, th- and this and, really showed it. And I think from there, uh, Tarantino cast her to play, to play herself pretty much. She was great in that too. As one of my favorite scenes where Samuel Jackson kills Chris Tucker. Just because it's yeah. so far away. You see him open it and then just a, a fl- light flash and then he just slams it again. And that's oh, it. Oh, well, that, I mean, that, that scene, that's reminiscent of, oh, which, I, you know, I'm trying to remember the movies and I'm like, uh, there was a movie he would, that, that was totally influenced by it, and I'm trying to remember it. Oh, it was, give me a moment. I'll remember it. No problem. Um, well, let's keep talking. Let's keep chatting. Let's keep chatting. Let's keep going. But, <laughs> let's um, keep chatting. And I, and I will tell you, as soon as I remember the film, I just, oh my goodness. I, I, I saw the tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> This is what happens when you have the internet and your phone and you're doing a podcast and you have all this information at your fingertips yep. and you're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, what? Oh. You know, I'm trying to concentrate. Wait, what? You know, you you, you lose that. And um, so the guy who plays, I'll, I'll think of it. I'll think of it. I'm, I'm good. Why are you thinking? The guy who plays Sal- Salvado. Yeah. He was cast, but then Andrew Davis thought it was too small to intimidate Steven Seagal. So do you know how he uh, rectified that? How did he do that? So Seagal said to him, why don't you try and scare me? So Faraldo tried to scare him. So he tried to break a chair over Seagal's back. He got the part. So he pretty much just picked a chair and tried to hit Seagal with it. (laughs) (laughs) I I love those stories. I really do love those actor stories where they do little things and they instigate the part. Like the guy who plays Sawyer in Lost. Apparently uh, he auditioned for the main role, yeah. but then apparently he fucked up his line. He got so mad he kicked a wall. Yeah, and they're like that's who we need for our hot-headed con artist. Cool. So look at that, you're, you're dropping knowledge bombs here. Dropping the knowledge bombs. He's, Whoa! And I, I can't even think of the name of that film that inspired Tarantino's scene where he where Samuel Jackson shoots Chris Tucker's character. Okay. <laughs> well, let, let, let's just get back on, on, on to topic. Let's let's reel it. Oh, in. oh, oh yeah, let's, we're still talking. Let's about reel it in. We're talking about above the the law. Uh, what did you think to the uh, the fight scenes in this movie? The fight scenes, honestly, I, how what I thought about about them back then, and what I still think about them now is they were very intense, visceral fight scenes. Mm. Um, that's what I thought about them. I, I there was that one scene in the when he picks when he's going to pick up. Was it the grocery store? Or the or he's picking up wine. Yeah. 
as those thugs come in, they're trying to steal the, they're trying to rob the guy. Yes. And he just like, uh, I, I like the one scene where he was like, um, uh, I'll give you, do you want to be, you want to know how it plays to be the victim? Like this guy, like, I'll, I'll put this gun away. Okay, come on. You have a knife. And I don't think he said that, but he yeah. was like, the guy. And then um, he, he gets on his knee and he's like, okay, come on. And the guy tries to stab him and then he breaks his ankle. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the one I liked was, yeah, when a bunch of the uh, the the bad guys show up in a car, going, I've been waiting for this for a while. One of them has a gun, the other has like yeah, uh, <laughs> like a knife, a baseball bat, and that lot. And he might he might like disarm one guy, chop his hand off, and then proceeds to beat the ever loving shit out of everybody. So much so that one of the guys runs away. And then oh, it's yes. funny because he manages to catch him. And then beats the shit out of him right there. And some guy, yeah. some onlooker is like, "Wait a minute, that's my friend." And Walker goes, yeah, "That's my buddy." That's my what buddy. are you doing with? What are you doing with him? Then he just, then he just punches him. Just punches him right in the chest. <laughs> well, those it's it's kind of funny because that that scene is so violent because those guys should pull up and like, "Hey, I hear you're looking for um um ah, what's Salvato. Salvato. Savano. And then they then they pull out the gun and then he takes it and he just he cuts off that guy's hand. It just it's very visceral, like this. Because you see it, like the I, hand on the ground as well. Yeah. Usually the, you the hands to, disappear, but it was just left laying there. They had to be like that too, because yeah. you, you want to make Steven Seagal to have a really great impact. And there you go. I mean, that's why you have a great impact. You have really visceral fight scenes. And he was it looked very realistic. And obviously, I think it it was, you know, but because he brought a lot of his the keto knowledge to the film and that's something you hadn't seen up until that point to my knowledge i don't think you've seen so yeah it was really good so these scenes were very violent and i thought they were very well done well choreographed unfortunately you hear a lot of these backstories now on how he treated the list on people but yeah if you look at the film as itself and the fight to itself like great like that was you know it was good it put him on the map it really did apparently so we, all, we, we all know about steven seagal now apparently a lot of the sundowns in this movie were just his students yeah. So it's pretty much him being on his students. So at yeah. least the students will probably have like a, a basic understanding so that they, they, they don't get their arm snapped off. Yes. Uh, so this movie, the whole thing is uh, drugs. Uh, yes, it's all about bringing drugs in, smuggling drugs. They want to kill a sen- senator to uh, increase their drug operation. And you've, as, seen, you've seen that a lot, of that in a lot of '80s films. Yeah. Anyways, go on. Sorry, and, I and, you and off it. it's kind of funny too because uh, from what 1988, the crack ha- epidemic was just starting too. Yeah. So it was kind of like on the on the pulse before it fully became crazy in '89. Yeah. So it's very interesting that they brought that up. Uh, the 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 thing that makes this movie suffer, it doesn't have a good opposing villain. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, you're expecting a big payoff with this guy who was out to get him, and then it kind of turns into just really quick. Can, can I tell? Spoiler t- alert! Can I tell? <laughs> can I tell you what this movie felt like to me? It's like yes, of course, wh- of course you can. This is your podcast. This is my po- podcast. Tell me anything you want. I figure, I figure I'll be a gentleman. <laughs> the way I thought about this movie is in video games when you play yes. the game and you put it on very easy mode. Yes. So that all the enemies are nerfed, they don't do, do much damage to you, and you beat the fuck out of them pretty easily, including yeah. the bosses. This whole movie is a very easy uh, level level mode. Yes. It, 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 I didn't really, f- apart from the FBI 
kind of like on on his back and shit like that. There was yeah. nothing else to kind of stop him from killing everybody without breaking a sweat. The only yeah. thing really is when they blew up the church. And that oh, okay, I, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about yeah. let's talk about the effects on that fucking church. Like holy <laughs> shit. You'd expect like a couple of scotch marks, but they really went in with like the the visual effects on this. You got like scolded bodies, people's eyes missing, uh, a, a dead kid, which yeah. then morphs into the father afterwards. You see Steven Seagal carrying this kid. And then yeah. the next scene is like, he's just thrown her out the, out the window to go pick up the priest. Yeah. Because she's nowhere to be seen, but it's the priest instead. I wonder if they made him pick up a kid because it shows him picking up, but he couldn't pick up the old guy because he hurt yeah. his back. Yeah. So I, I uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Keep going. No, no, go ahead. I just, oh. it's just cause I'm trying to remember like, the, yeah, it was, I think again, it goes back to, they had to, they had to go all out to really put a stamp on that. Right. So if they're going to make yeah. Seagal a star of this film is being his first film, you have some really, you surround him with really great actors who can, um, that, like bring the best out of it, man. You bring this visceral scene, these visceral fight scenes that are like above, like above, that are above the camera, above the, the quality, above the law. Is that what above the, they, they think they're above <laughs> the law. Um, but then you see these, uh, yeah, and then you have some really what's going to really affect, be a very shocking thing. And I think back then, um, you didn't see again. You didn't see things like this in, no. in these images in, in films like that. that these kind of films. Right? That, that's so. the one thing I liked was how visceral it was. I also mm. like that they got really, like you said, they got really talented actors in this movie to surround yeah. him. Unfortunately, it makes Steven Seagal a lot worse. Mm -hmm. uh, he's he's not a good actor. Like he well, re he, he really he, tries. God bless yeah. him. But compared to everybody else, apart from a couple of people. He's not the best. Well, I think if you, <clears throat> sorry, I think if you, um, if he keeps within a certain range and a certain, and he, it's, it's like the same thing, what, what I've heard about uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was, uh, they couldn't give him too much dialogue. So they had to, that's why his one-liners came out of from, because he could say, he could deliver these one-liners really, really good. Um, so, but if they gave him more dialogue than that, I think he got, he's gotten better over the years, but at the beginning, that's kind of what I heard, how they were, kind of solving his his range at the time um so same thing with Seagal if you keep him within a certain range and you don't um don't require him to do all the acting you have an, another actor in that scene to kind of carry the emotional load right it comes across a lot better that, that is true but the difference is at least yes. at least with Arnold he can emote really well too yes he's, I mean that's he's very physical in his performance so even mm -hmm. when he's playing a robot, he's subtle enough to know when he's sad. Yeah. Especially at the end of Terminator 2. The little yeah. subtleties where he, you know he's trying to feel sad, but he can't because it's not in his programming. And just yeah. the way he goes down, like he's kind of like a lost puppy. He's mm -hmm. really good at doing that. I really got to check out Maggie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, I, I need that. That's on my list. Yeah. I, I, the films he did when he came back from politics. I, I do generally enjoy checking out when you see someone trying to go out their wheelhouse. If you have a comedic actor and they do serious stuff or action yeah. stars where they do dramatic stuff, it's really interesting to me to see if they can actually do it. 
See, yeah. I, I love when actors test themselves. And unfortunately, yeah. Steven Seagal, he never tests himself. Yeah. And he's very, I mean, he's very dry. And I don't know. It's just something about him. Just, uh, just you, you feel like he stuck, he got stuck in his ways of like, he, he never wanted to. I mean, this is, this would be, we, uh, our theory are we for guessing, right? We don't know. Maybe uh, I'm sure he took acting, but I'm sure he, he just kept within that one range of like, he yeah. has that cool, um, you know, walks in a room and I'm the guy and you don't, you know, don't mess with me. And well, that, 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 that's the thing though, that persona, right? But that's the thing though. His first movie was a star vehicle that he co-wrote and co-produced. Yeah. So it kind of started like way up here. How, why would you test yourself? If, yeah. So, so before we go, I, I just want to start, talk about two more things. Yes, of course. Wow. Hey, it's your podcast. Do what you want. Yes. So, <laughs> you, so when I'm just bugging this guy. <laughs> so when they go to uh, the intake and you see the guy behind the cage, do you, re- do you recognize that guy? Oh, I don't. Uh, remind me. So, I'm Which, gonna give. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. I'm basically um, giving you the the. Uh, I'm giving you the clue right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to take your lying, dirty, cheating ass out of my face. One, two, ten. Well, I can't think of the name. I'm just. I'm trying it, to remember. You don't have to remember the name, but he's the fake actor. In the in the Home Alone movie, remember that uh, those fake movies in the Home Alone movies, the first two, where it's the black yes. and white gangster ones. That's oh, that guy. That's him. That's him. Okay. That's okay. Him. Okay. Yeah. That did not stick out for me. I'm like, wait a minute. What? 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 I'm you don't to have remember. to know his name, but you know, yes. I, as soon as I heard his voice, I went, wait a minute. That, yeah. That's that was the most excited I was for the movie. Now, finally. Yeah, this might be my favorite way. It's like top five favorite yeah. ways of dispatching yeah. a main villain. Punch to the nose, shattered, arm snap, and then goes mm-hmm. round, grabs him by the head, neck snap, game over. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. F- like holy fuck break his arm yeah like, just, just vicious because he broke his arm right he broke it then he broke his neck like like floppy yeah. shit <laughs> i'm like oh my god like that we're here we are laughing at this, this <laughs> yeah oh my god he, he did die for real roger this wasn't a snuff movie we can <laughs> we can laugh at it because he's the bad guy <laughs> you know, I you know, you know what I so I, and we and this is in the film. Like you, you're right. I mean, the, the bartender just keeps showing. He's there until the end. It's like you think he's a throwaway character, but he comes on one of the major characters. Oh my! And it, anyway, and it, no, it's funny enough. The bartender is listed as CIA bartender, so he's an undercover CIA agent the entire time. Yeah. Did you know that? Well, now I do. Well, guess what? You just found out. Spoilers, spoiler scene. Spoiler. What? Well, what? Yeah, apparently the reason why he's constantly around is because he's yeah. a CIA agent. It's like, and it's kind of funny because it's like, I didn't watch the movie for the plot. I watched the movie for the action. You scene. did, you did. But here's me dropping <laughs> knowledge. But like I said, the action was good. Um, mm-hmm. I feel they went too much into the firefights. Mm-hmm. I I, I kind of wanted to see a Steven Seagal movie with him constantly snapping arms, but he kind yeah. he kind of relies too much on gunplay. 
Yes. And apparently he taught everybody how to draw the gun his style as well. Yeah. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. But I, I, I don't <laughs> know if that was actually true, though. It might have been him just bullshitting and telling people. A, a, lo- a lot of, starts. if you look on the uh, IMDB, which is where yep. I'm getting a lot of these facts as uh, talking <laughs> well, points. Well, if, if it's on the internet, James, you know, it's just, you, has to you be know, true. it's true. Gospel. Yeah. The earth is flat, apparently. And that, or that, or that <laughs> ridiculous stuff. Now, Roger. Yes. Uh, this is your first time doing it. We, we now have a rating system. Okay. So, in honor of the great yes. Billy Blanks. Yes. We have a rating system out of five blanks. Okay. What will you give this movie out of five blanks? Oh my goodness. Above the law coming out the way it was, it's five out of five Billy Blanks. Five Bl- blanks. Five, is that how you, five out is of that five three? blanks. Yeah, there you have it. It's a uh, certified con. Yeah, there you go. I mean, there you go. And yeah. Billy Blank was a, a great action star. I want to do King I wanna, fighters. King of the kickboxes. King of the kickboxes. Yes. King of the fire. Look at God, that. See, I get my, when I start talking about action films, I get my video games and action films all mixed this, up. This is why I'm here. Although there is a King of the Fighters movie. There is. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. It came out of the game that I didn't came garbage. out of. garbage. Oh, my goodness. Maybe a future episode. For me. Decent, these, decent actions. Decent action part. But I mean. It has Ray Park in it, at least. And he's yeah. he's decent as an action guy. Yes. But you know, I'm gonna have to watch all these Seagal movies all over his like his first three or four films are really good. I mean, I remember my cousin where we, I always make jokes and he's like, Hey, Steven Seagal is out again with another three letter three word movie. Wait, wait, <laughs> where I was any... like, Oh yeah. So I did the I did let's let's um oh yeah, by the way, I'm giving this three blanks. Three blanks, three okay. blanks. Uh bit wooden from Steven Seagal. Uh he loses a star for the way he runs. Yes. But that that almost put it to zero, but then mm-hmm. the final way he killed him brings it back up. Yes, uh, it's a very intricate criteria I have here on Beaver's movies. It, it had to go. tick certain boxes. Now, so yes. I've this month Steven Seagal month I've already done two movies, mm-hmm. and he's he was in them for about twenty five minutes, both movies. I, I mean total I don't mean yeah. I don't mean 25 minutes each movie tw- yeah. 25 minutes total and in the second yeah. one he fought Mike Tyson oh yeah okay yeah. I remember that was that you were sharing you were sharing that clip I, I was watching I, that you I, I checked out the clip yes yeah I was like oh wait I was like oh and it, I do gotta I do gotta say Mike on that in that film Mike Tyson was really he was really good with uh Donnie and yes and, um, yeah. man three I believe he was in there it man three yes so yeah. With with that, I I decided to go to what is considered his best movies. Uh, yes, I pretty much almost quit Steven Seagal after watching China Salesman. <laughs> well, oh, well, there's some really unfortunately there's some really bad ones he's in, and yeah, the the worst one is probably that I I didn't even see this film, but I've seen bits and pieces where it goes from his voice to a totally different actor's voice, and they change up the whole film, and it was like. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. And it turns out to be about alien. It's like, oh my goodness. And exactly. Well, hey, exactly. And, and you know, he made this, he made the film and he moved on. Like any, he, anything you know? past maybe 2010, do not watch. Yep. Oh my goodness. Because they're all dogs. Well, Machete. I think Machete was. Yes. What I remember was the last one, the last ones. Okay. Machete if it has Steven Seagal 
as after top, Machete, <laughs> it has Steven Seagal as the top villain, and it's after 2010. Do not yeah. watch it. Yeah, Machete is probably one of the last films that I watched that I thought, oh, interesting, you know. But because I, well, I'm a big Machete fan, but um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I did. Um, I would have loved. I would have loved to see him in the Expendables. I did enjoy so. him in the Onion movie. Okay. I don't think I've seen that one. Uh, he basically par- plays a parody of himself, and his whole thing is just running up to people and punching them in the dick. <laughs> that, that's like the whole point of him. He just walks up, punches people in the dick, and he's an action mm-hmm. star. Okay. So we have that. <laughs> uh, so, oh my goodness. so now, uh, Roger, thank you very much for coming on. Just wanted to let everyone know that to finish off, Yes. Steven Cigar Month, we're going for the best. Okay. We're going to go watch, and you mentioned this, and it's the mm-hmm. same director. We're going to mm-hmm. go watch Under Siege. There you go. Ooh. Ooh. So, right. I do got to say, I do got to say the last thing I just remembered Touch of Evil. Touch of Evil. The opening of Touch of Evil looked like it. I probably had heavily inspired the scene in Jackie Brown where. Yes. Oh. Sam Jackson shoots. Uh, uh, before I go, though, I actually want to mention. Sorry. Before we go. <laughs> I just remembered. I was like, hey, there you go for the movie fans watching. I swear, I swear most episodes that I'm doing with you, Roger, is me just wrangling you to get back on to- topic. It's just me with a, a, a lasso <laughs> pulling you back in to try and, oh, you're worse than me. And that's why I'm, it, it's, that's why it's good for me because we can keep on. You, it's you, me got, wor- you, you got me here to make you look good. Me that working house. on myself to, to like, <laughs> you know, train like the worst of the worst when it comes to changing topics. Roger is the worst. And guess what? He t- it, it helps me handle the, the more unruly guests, in my opinion. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're like, you're not as bad as Roger, but yeah. you know, you know, Roger, <laughs> but I got this shit handled. <laughs> But uh, funny enough, uh, when he did The Glimmer Man, uh, Stephen, uh, I can't say his last name, but you know you know who I'm talking about. He plays a villain called The Family Man. And he tells okay. a story that apparently... John... The, story's on, like, the story's on YouTube. I know yes, what you're talking the one about. I sent you, right? But I'm, ta- yeah. I'm, t- I'm saying it for the people that aren't listening, aren't yes. watching the video. It's a podcast, Roger. <laughs> not, it's not a personal conversation between me and you. But so... Apparently, the entire time, Steven Seagal was pretty much at a point where he, I think he became a Buddhist. Yeah. And so he refused to kill anybody on screen. So he demanded yeah. that they rewrite it so that even though he hits people, mm-hmm. it's they're injured. So they had to like do ADR where apparently he's on the ground and he goes, I'm okay. Or, or <laughs> why don't you finish me off? That, that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. And apparently they just decided, fuck it, let's just, uh, let's just have him get killed. But yeah. can you imagine that though? Just like your, your actor to say, you know, what? I, you know, I'm known for killing people. My first movie, I snapped a guy's arm in half and snapped yeah. his neck so that he hit his own asshole. But guess what? I don't kill anymore. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, well, the actor's name, um, Stephen Tobol, Stephen Tobolsky, yeah. T- Tobolowski. It's it's hard. I, I yes, but yeah, 
he tells a really great story. I might include it in the description because yes. it's a story that needs to be heard and only he can do it in re a really good way. And yeah. speaking in a really good way, let's get out of here, Roger. Thank you so much for coming. If you have, I do want it before we do, before we end, I do have to do the impression. Let's go for it. Okay. Sorry, everyone. S here we go. S this is the, the, this is at the end of above the law. I'm going to read it verbatim. Here we go. I'll see if I can... we'll, we'll, uh, we'll end on this. Okay. Let's try it. Gentlemen, when you have a group of individuals <laughs> who are beyond any investigation, who can manipulate the press and judges and members of our Congress, um, <clears throat> you'll have within our government, those who are above the law. <laughs> That's a terrible impression, man. I'm sorry. My apologies to Mr. Seagal. I'm glad you're a, I'm glad you're a director and not an actor. <laughs> the amount of reels you would ruin throughout this movie. Make cameos. I only make cameos in my own yeah. films. Oh, and by the way, Shannon uh, Sharon Stone is in this movie. We've got to mention. We didn't even did we even discuss that. Academy Award winner Sharon Stone is his wife. Yes. That's what I was talking about. You surround him with good actors. And she yeah. was yeah, I totally forgot she was in here too, but Sharon Stone. You know, and then obviously you know from Basic Instinct and Total Recall. Yes. Hey, look at that. You work with Schwarzenegger. There we go. So now, Roger. <sighs> yes. Time to go. Let's get out of here. Thank you guys. Next week, Under Siege. <laughs>